ready to record. Good, because we're recording. Beautiful. Beautiful. No, when you said lock your door, I thought you meant like your bedroom door. So I'm like, you realize if somebody's going to like come in, we can see them behind you. Like, why do you have to lock the door? I mean, I'm going to let them creep up on you, but I can at least watch. But no, you meant lock your apartment door, which yes, makes, makes more sense. Oodles of more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Correct. sure. I'm sure. So how was your week, Corey? How was your week? This week's been pretty solid, pretty good. Work's going good. Life's good. Uh, I have pink beer, apparently. Look at this. It's pink. It's pink. It is the Pink Vapor Stew, a soured flavor ale made by Ska Brewing in Durango, Colorado. I'm excited Very to try fun. this because you know my affinity for some ska music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's see how this uh, how this goes. Graham, how about you? How are you holding up? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I um, <clears throat> kind of had one of those those. Um, That's good. Oh fuck! Moments earlier this week where it was an oh fuck uh, moment. Yeah. Where oh fuck! I realized I was like I'm coming up on the end of my of the uh, uh, education fund that was put aside for me. I'm coming up on the end of that, and it's just going to see. Now, me is this separate the from the, uh, the the trust fund there? Well, uh, the the whole. It's it, yes, yes, it is. Um, uh. But this is the stuff that was specifically set aside for education. So it was just one of those oh fuck moments of like, oh man, I've been spending a lot of that, um, and uh, I need to uh, just you know like actually deal with the fact that I'm a compulsive spender. Which is a thing that uh, I think needs to be addressed in the country is that like a lot of people of all different fucking uh, wealth disparities fall into the same category of 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 compulsive spending. Like no matter what, it's a problem, and I fall victim to it all the time because I just I'm a materialistic bitch, um, and uh, I like nice things. So I have to um it was just a no fuck moment of like, oh yeah, I um I can't do that because work is a thing and money is a thing and it it is it is uh it does come to an end. It isn't endless. I've been telling you about that for like three years. <laughs> All right there, money bags. Yeah, no, I know. It's just one of those things of like it just hits you. Yourself. It just hits you. You know, like yeah. it, it. Like you. You. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. It just. It. it everybody has a moment where it, a specific moment that it hits you, more like poignantly. So you, you know what most of the people in this country realize when it hits them is not so much when their money is about to run out. It's when you look at your student loans and realize, oh fuck, I'm gonna be paying these until I'm in like my forties. See, that's a very, very valid point. My buddy is 36. He has over 100 grand in student loan debt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's just mm-hmm. not going anywhere anytime soon. Fuck it. Yeah. There, there's a very interesting show on Dropout TV called Total Forgiveness, where. Uh, hold for sound. Holding. Where uh, uh, comedians Grant uh, uh, Grant O'Brien and um, Allie Beardsley challenge each other 
uh, for 10 episodes, each episode uh, with the challenge getting more crazy or intricate and uh, the premise being that they're trying to pay off their student loans and every challenge that they complete, they'll get incrementally more money, you know, like a typical kind of reality game show. Okay, uh, okay, but the, okay, but the, okay, that I'm was the you. premise. And instead of just making it be like, oh, yeah, and we're talking about student debt, they were, went really in-depth, even from episode one into, like, the uh, problems that everybody goes through uh, with student debt. Um, and they break down each of the two uh, comedians' debts as well, like, saying, like, okay, yeah, Grant has, like, uh, um, seven – loans four of them federal three of them private and, you know, and they and they like break it down and they kind of explain how they're going to if he like if he wins all of the money from every single one okay they can like collapse these loans and just uh push it back to these ones and it was very very interesting very insightful uh look into the world of of uh, student debt and uh grant of course um in the in the show uh they it was very fun because we get to see two people who have a massive student debt so grant has a, a nearly a hundred thousand dollars in student debt um uh because his parents had no money in savings and he decided to go to a private uh, uh art school because he's an asshole and um so he ended up getting $100,000 in, in debt, and uh, Ali has about 50000 in in student debt. So you get to really, really dive deep with them in how it works and the fact that there's – at the time that they did this back in 2019 or so, like at the time it was $1.7 trillion in student debt in the country, and it probably is upwards of you know uh, two – 2.2 trillion at this point yeah with how how quickly um student debt is rising all the time well shit you know it's just like anything else it's got more expensive but income hasn't increased with it and it's just creating a deficit and i really don't want to talk finances here yeah uh, no that's fair this is not a place to to talk that kind of bullshit but it does lead me into the subject matter for this week a little bit. But first of all, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, welcome, kids, to this week's episode of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. Uh, I am your pink beer drinking drunk thoughts, Corey. And I am uh, your high opinionated Graham, who just smoked yet again for the third week in a row some all purpose flour. What can I say? It's all purpose. Fits every yeah. it fits every purpose. Um, so get in where you fit in. Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, weed is expensive. So is alcohol. <laughs> yes. I did buck up. Like normally, I you know normally when I prep for this show because I realize I'm just gonna be chugging beers throughout this entire hour and some change, whatever we do, hour and hour and a half. So I usually just kind of get a cheap basic beer that's like ten dollars for a six pack or yeah. you know, seven to ten bucks, like a Blue Moon or. Corona, some shit like that. But today I kind of splurged. I went 15. I spent $15 on the six pack for the ska brewing because it really intrigued me. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad I took the plunge because this is uh this is this is gonna do it for me. This yeah. is uh, quite nice. Now, and I pre gamed with a little bit of a peppermint schnapps. So. Can I tell you something, Corey? Uh, no, no, can you? You usually usually I'm very uh uh strict with myself about about drinking any alcohol. 
mm-hmm. on days where I'm I'm uh, recording with you because I'm high opinions. That's how it must be. Uh, so I was very hesitant, but I was hanging out with a friend and we usually go for drinks. And I was thinking, well, you know, a beer couldn't hurt. And we, we ended up going at three o'clock. So uh, I end, I did have two beers, uh, but it's it's nearly nine o'clock at the point that we are recording this. So I feel like those two beers are as if I, I didn't drink anything at all. So I am high opinions, not crossed examinations this week, I can assure you. Okay, well, thanks for clarifying that piece of information. That's a, that's a good solid minute of the, the listeners won't get back in their lives. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yes. Graham is only smoking weed. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to stop the show and call Ripley's here. <laughs> yeah. We I do thought, need an episode where we fun. slitch, though. I will. There are, when I have a surplus of funds, there are THC beverages here in the cities that I will acquire and we will uh, do a cross examination mm-hmm. and I get high and you get drunk and we will. We'll play a little switcheroo yeah. at some point, you know, yeah. but we, we, we let's not worry about those episodes for now. Let's talk about, we're talking about finances, how much they suck. I'm broke as I'm a broke ass bitch, mm-hmm. but I did, I did a couple months ago buy a Nintendo switch very irresponsibly bought a Nintendo OLED switch or switch OLED. And I've been playing breath of the wild. Mm, such and a we've good talked game. about, Breath of the Wild on this show. We've talked it to death. And I, you know, and and, and, and so I'm doing that. I'm playing that game. And I was I was jumping between editing last week's episode and playing Breath of the Wild. And I was like, wow, this game is so good. This podcast is so bad. But this game is so good. But this podcast is so bad. Because uh, we, we, we were kind of scatterbrained last week. We really jumped around. Mm-hmm. This week, I think we should really just let's just tighten it up a little bit. Let's let's can let's, we? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. No. No. We can. <laughs> let's, let's do this. as much as we can. I'm sure we'll diverge and di- you know and divert and do all their straight. But let's let's. I I want to talk Zelda series games, and I and it kind of led me to an epiphany of like when we come to a point where it's like nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. Let's rank our favorite video games in series. So case in point, I've been playing breath of the wild. Let's just do a full episode on Zelda and we'll rank all the Zelda games as we see fit. And I think, cause you, you came into the series later than I did. I remember playing the OG Zelda on the old Nintendo mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you came in like Ocarina, Ocarina of time. Of time. Majora's Mask era, so you you might have some different opinions to my thoughts, and I'd like to have that little contrast battle mm-hmm. of like which is the best Zelda game in terms of rankings. For instance, I'm going to start this off with a controversial opinion, a controversial thought. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, please and thank you. Sorry, Peter Kenny. Um, Over the Breath line, of the Wild. Great fucking game. Great game overall. Not a good Zelda game. I agree. Shit, I was hoping to more conversation to that. No, I... um... (laughs) Okay, fine. I'll play the devil's advocate. Um, Finally. So, the original... The the fucking original Zelda game. Um, 
on the NES was the truest open world that you could ever fucking like think about. It's a game that literally just plops you down and says go. And the the only thing that it ha- you have to go off of no, is like it's there's not a, right. there's a well, okay, fine. Yeah, they give you it's a little introduction. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Boom, now you're alone. Okay, fine. Well, I was going to say they drop you into the world. The only thing they have to give you is there's a little cave right there where you walk in and a person gives you a sword. That, yeah. Oh, okay. That. A little, it's not even a real sword. It's a wooden sword. And then do you kill him with it? No. Because Link holds it up and like the da 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 da. And then the old man disappears. It looks like he stabbed him. I think Link stabbed him. He's dead. No. That's stupid. That's a very stupid thought. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not the only one who's had this thought, though. That's a full-on theory on the internet. You would look that shit up, sir. Yeah, those people are idiots. <laughs> um, Fair. <laughs> so this game put, drops you into the world, gives you a sword, and then says, Go, kid. We trust you. You know, it's like that Pam Pam thing of like putting it, uh, putting a person behind the wheel of of a car and going, "Go, kid, I trust you." Uh, that's Pam? When, Who, who's Pam in the office. Oh yeah, when, remember when? Sorry, deep pull for what? My first thought was Pam from Archer. So oh no 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 no, you need to specify these things. In the office, when Pam is uh, referencing the or uh, using the metaphor of like putting putting a child behind the wheel of a of a car, he's like, "You don't get mad at the uh, you when it, when a child crashes a car, you don't get mad at the child. You get mad at the person who put the child behind the wheel and said, "Go, kid, I trust you," and uh, or something to that effect." So you're and, upset at Shigeru Miyamoto? No, 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 not at all, not at all. Okay. I'm what I'm saying is that that game is the truest form of of a open world game in which they put, they drop you into a world, they give you a sword, and say, "Go, kid, I trust you," and you are literally just exploring the world, finding dungeons, taking them out, finding the next one, repeating, uh, rinsing and repeating, and that is essentially what breath of the wild is breath of the wild is the perfect uh uh uh, sequel to what the original vision of zelda was what the original vision of zelda i see your finger let me finish my point i'm wagging my finger in disagreement just for those who are listening (sighs) yeah you can you can put that wagging finger away i think that breath of the wild is the perfect embodiment uh the 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 modern version of that original game where instead of just dropping you into the world and giving you a sword, they drop you into the world with very, very little context. Just a little bit more, you know, more dark soulsy kind of context of like, Oh, Hey, the world sucks. Yeah. World sucks. Blah, blah, blah. And we only have a few voice lines and then we fuck off, but you do like a very basic tutorial that kind of, that kind of in the end is like, okay, here's your sword. You know, it's like the equivalent of the, the original games. Like, here's your sword. Here's your slate. Here's your, a uh, thing that will allow you to actually progress through the game without like just dying immediately. This is the thing. This is the tool that will that will allow you to progress. And in the original game, yes, there was eight dungeons, and uh, uh, even though they were um, 
they were all different themed, all different like uh, uh, graphics to them, very similar just vibes and structures to them. And I think that that was kind of emulated with the Divine Beasts being very similar in structure and, and with just slight alterations, and they're all just kind of mm-hmm. the same thing. So I do think that Breath of the Wild is the perfect sequel to the original game, not to the series, but like what the series became. I'd say that the series kind of found its form with a, a link to the past and then continued that vibe um, through Skyward Sword. Excuse me. You're wrong, but it's okay. I still love you. Um, All right. Whatever. I'm just kidding. No, uh, I'm just messing with you. I, you, you, you're, you're not wrong, but I do have one counterpoint to that. I have one counterpoint. So the way the original Zelda game, what made the original Zelda kind of special and unique was, and it it sort of set a precedence for the later games. And and they really took full handle with it when it came to like a link to the past and Ocarina of Time was, yes, you're dropped into this world and you're kind of like, all right, you know, you have an objective, but kind of go with whatever you want to do. Not quite open world, but it was, you know, a lot less linear. But there was only so much you actually could do with the equipment you had. Right. And you had to figure out what was necessary to find to progress even further in the world, to unlock more of the world. So if I remember correctly, when you boot up the original NES Legend of Zelda, you really only technically have access to like three or four of those eight dungeons in any order. But to get to some of the other ones, you need to find the canoe, raft, whatever you want to call it. You need to find the ladder. Uh, You need to find these items. And that gave you a good sense of intelligence, like cleverness. You felt good. You felt smart when you figured that out. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's these docks. I must need a boat somewhere. And you find that boat and then you come back to it. And then it really clicks of like, Oh, you know, kind of those Metroidvania elements before Metroidvania was even a thing, you know, that it had those certain key points. Breath of the Wild doesn't really have that. They give you all the tools you need at the beginning of the game to do whatever the fuck you want. And so there's really not a whole lot of cleverness to the to the world itself. There are to the the, to the shrines and you feel good when you figure out those puzzles, those little mini dungeons. And that's great and all. But. At the end of the day, they also really don't mean anything. Like the shrines, the shrines only serve two purposes to gain heart containers slash stamina vessels and to get you an outfit at the end. But otherwise, they mean absolutely nothing to the actual game itself, to the story, to the progression, to uh, to, to like the world. It doesn't affect the world at all. It's not like if you do more shrines, you, the enemies change, they get better, like harder or weaker or anything. They do nothing. You know what I'm saying? So like hmm. you can't really count those, but these dungeons, every time you do a dungeon in the original Zelda and the subsequent games, you felt more clever because you'd find that item and you'd find that, oh, here's the ladder. That means I can climb up this this one area like that I couldn't get to before. And you find you remember that and you go back to it and you feel good about yourself because you remember that. Hmm. And it gives you that sense of purpose. I'm playing through Breath of the Wild right now, and I'm loving it. I love exploring and finding all the nooks and crannies and secrets. That's great. 
but I don't feel clever. I don't feel intelligent while I'm doing it. I just kind of feel adventurous. And it's, so that's why I say it's a good game, but it's not a good Zelda game. Mm. So it kind of brings it down. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to Link to the Past, which I believe if I had to rank my top three Zelda games, Link to the Past would be two on that list. Because that was the first one that really hammered in the formula of like, you you know, you can't, you, you start in one area, you got to, it made it more linear, but it didn't feel linear because it was like, it had this vast world that you wanted to explore, but you wanted to find those items that would allow you to explore more. Mm-hmm. You with me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's my counterpoint to... You're not wrong that it's a good sequel, but it still doesn't pr- to it doesn't alleviate my thought that it's a good Zelda game or a ba- like or or anything like that. Like it's it's separate. It even separates itself from the original game. But the original game had that sense of progression. Breath of the Wild does not. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Um, Please counterpoint. I'm I, all for it. So tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Yes, the the uh, there's like only three dungeons that are accessible at the beginning of the first game, um, <clears throat> but in the same way, I I never feel uh, uh, a capable of going to the desert or the um, what are the flying bastards? Uh, Rito. The yeah, the Rito. I never I never feel comfortable going to those places first i always end up going to um the zora yeah almost always the zora just because that makes much more sense it's much easier um it's uh, uh the enemies in the area are much easier it just makes much more sense like yeah you can go to the other dungeons uh first and that's kind of how the first game is is like you can go to the like other five dungeons, but like no, you, you can't. Really Some of them are totally to. blocked off. Are you sure? Until you have certain, yeah. There's certain you need to have certain items to like hmm. get to the second half. You need like the magic whistle, and you need to make you know uh, be able to get to uh, right Death Mountain. Like you need you you can't. If I remember correctly, you cannot go straight to like Death Mountain dungeon the la the eighth dungeon and go fight ganon straight well, away no, like you could in breath of the wild not. no no but you could in breath of the wild breath of the mm-hmm. wild you could i mean shit players yeah. have figured out and granted it's a little bit of glitching and yeah you can glitch your way into the original game but like once you get off the tutorial the great plateau in breath of the wild nothing is technically stopping you from beating the game like yeah. it's not like an like but i'm pretty sure in almost all the other zelda games you need to have a certain item you need to go out and f- figure you know you need to progress to that point breath of the wild doesn't have that progression if you know what you're doing you can get out of the tutorial in in 40 minutes and uh be at hyrule castle in five or no you sorry you can be at hyrule castle in 20 seconds if you know what you're doing if you're doing the whole like you know lock something hit it a few times with inertia and then ride the fucking rock yeah yeah or or uh like a log or something exactly Uh, that's what i'm saying but like that's i don't want to consider that glitching because it's not glitching but like cheating it's 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 like there's manipulation yeah it's literally just using the game's mechanics um uh 
to their fullest capability, honestly. Exactly. But know? even if you didn't do that, even if you were like, if you didn't know how to do that, if you were just like, fuck it, you did the Great Plateau, you finish that, you get the paraglider, you fly off the Great Plateau, you could just beeline it to the fucking castle. And if you're smart and you have a good weapon or a couple of weapons, you could beat the game, theoretically, mm-hmm. but you can't do that in any other Zelda game. There, You do not have access to the final dungeon you know link to the past you have to you know it's very linear and you have to collect all the items you have to get all the uh pieces of the triforce or you have to get all the medallions on ocarina of time the only you know and you know even even majora's mask gives you like a false sense of that where it's like you could technically summon the giants whenever you want with the oath to order but until you have all four you're still gonna lose which so, I always thought was a really cool thing. So here's here's my here's my opinion. Um, you can't just make the same game over and over again. And in no, essence, and in is in essence, they that's what they did from uh, nineteen ninety four was linked to the past. Uh, I think it was two, but. Anyway, uh, really, I thought that was uh, Keep, Link's Awakening. You, I'll fact check you. Anyway, you continue with your uh, Link's Awake, uh, uh, Link to the Past through um, Skyward Sword were all, in essence, the same game. Ninety one, um, ninety one, really. So initial uh, release date ninety one. That was in Japan, probably, well, but ninety two for yeah. the states. So a Link to the Past to Skyward Sword were essentially the same game. They were they all had the same structure from link waking up talking to somebody who guides them somewhere shit goes down story continues that's basically like, <laughs> that's a good way to describe they, it literally that's every single zelda game link to the past uh 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 something's happening at the castle link you got to get down there or or you're not supposed to go but you got to get down there you go you down go there. save your uncle you go yeah you got to save your uncle you go down there shit like goes down he's a family um, man uh, Ocarina of Time, uh, Navi comes. Hey, Link, you gotta go t- speak to the Great Deku Tree. It's very mm-hmm. important you go to the Great Deku Tree. Hey, Link, shit's about to go down. Get inside me. Um, you say Deku or Deku? Deku. That's how I've said it since I was four years old. Don't, don't, you're not stopping me now. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Deku if you've listened to the voice acting on Breath of the Wild. I will say mm. I love the voice acting, if only to clarify how to say some words. Right. Like Deku. Yes. Garuda. But Garuda, just to finish just to finish my point. Majora's mask, Link rides to the forest, fairies attack, shit goes shit goes to <laughs> shit goes sideways. <laughs> shit goes sideways and hits the fan. <laughs> can we can we just touch on the fact ever so briefly? The fairies are tattletale. Oh, ha, 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 ha. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Did you ever notice that? I didn't, but that's good. Tattle Your fairy, the, the one that you get, is named Tattle because she tells you things, and then her brother is named Tail, so they're both Tattletales. Yeah, that's funny. I never, th- I never picked up on that detail. That detail, that's really funny. And did you know Navi stands for navigation? Yes, I did know that. Yeah, I did. Was she was, know that. Uh, she was you know, right before they in fairies they just needed something to navigate you through the game and yeah na- navigate became navi so well fun facts that on. 
anyway, that kind of concludes my point. Of, like those games were all the very much the same structure, and by the time <laughs> it hit Twilight Princess, people noticed. It was it was Twilight Princess when people noticed, like, oh, I think they're making the same game over and over again. And then and then that's what and then Skyward Sword didn't do so well. One because the motion uh, uh, controls were not a huge hit with the public, um, and the story was once again just a repeat of. Uh, twilight princess but in the sky um yeah that one was so basically they needed to do something different and they did and they did it spectacularly and they kept the like feel and vibes and world of of zelda there but they just changed its structure a little bit and i for one am very happy that they did that because uh as much as i would have loved just uh like another game over and over and over again it's really refreshing to have something new and well and this is where i think tears of the kingdom is going to solve the issue because i feel like you're not you're 100 right that it did a lot of things great and it definitely switched up the formula but it it took out a lot of the formula that made zelda games special again you could so for instance imagine a game imagine this game breath of the wild but instead of the Great Plateau giving you all the runes up front, you had to go find them in the world. Right. Right. So it gives you like a bomb or the freeze or one of the runes. And then you you had, uh, you know, and then you had maybe, you know, maybe some some slight hints, but you had to go and find the other runes in the world that would allow you to access other areas or same idea. Like, you know, the game allows you to tackle the four guardian beasts in any order you want, but let's be honest, the game even steers you towards the Zora one first. And that's fine. I think most people do that first because not only does it make sense because yeah, the enemies are easier and it just is in that same direction. But then having Mifa's grace is just super helpful. Like just having that quick, uh revive you know and you get fucked over by the wrong enemy exactly like it's so nice to have that that like that capability so like make some areas inaccessible unless you have um i I, i'm not yet gotten to the rito section so i can't remember his name rivali i think yeah rivali's gale or whatever it's where you jump really high and stuff you're able to get up really high like Mm -hmm. make it so like you can't climb death mountain without that yeah and so that it makes sense that when you, you know, a little bit of it's just Zelda's just always had that little hint of Metroidvania to it. Not mm-hmm. not enough to make it a part Full, of the genre, yeah. but just enough to make you feel clever that you're like, all right, I have to come back here when I have this. You know, when you when you play Ocarina of Time, you go to the you meet Saria, which is at the Forest Temple. But the Forest Temple is inaccessible because the stairs are broken. But you see there's a piece of wood above it. And so when you're like, okay, when you get the hook shot and you know the hook shot can uh, grapple onto wood, you're like, ah, mm-hmm. I can now access that area because now I have the right item. Right. That's it's, it's that cleverness, it's that connection. You're that you you know that your brain makes that those those neurons suddenly start firing and you just suddenly feel it makes the gamer feel more baller than they are because they you know they figured it out they solved that puzzle it makes you feel good and that's what i'm asking that's that's what i'm hoping tears of the kingdom does is it just it 
you know, I love the open world. I love the the idea of being able to explore, but it's, but I think, you know, making it so puzzles, you know, like you want to collect things to make you feel clever in the end yeah. instead of just the whole world being there. I mean, the, you know, and, and especially in the open world, the breath of the wild, the only like puzzle in the open world that makes you quote unquote feel clever is like a few shrine quests and finding those fucking Karak poop. Mm-hmm. That's true. Which one of the biggest uh, trolls in games. So anyway, we've talked about breath of the wild. Let's focus on other games in the series. Tell me like, what's your experience with some of the early Zelda games, Graham? Uh, well, obviously I started with Ocarina of Time. I've, I, that's basically the first game I ever played in my entire life that I can recall. Um, that and Fire Emblem, of course. Um, but like, I learned to read, obviously, using Fire Emblem because there's a lot of dialogue, whereas Zelda was just like a game that I really scratched my itch for um, a specific type of, of movement and combat in video games that has carried over now into uh, my uh, uh, love and adoration for uh, Dark Souls and all of From Software's games. Um, it's just a similar vibe. Um kind of like locking onto targets, swiveling around them, dodging and and, and uh, finding the right moment to attack. It really um, was innovative in that regard. Like that very was much not so. seen before this game. So Ocarina of Time obviously is my first um, uh, uh, foray into the Zelda series. My, I actually do remember I was, I think probably six or I was probably five or six when my brother uh uh got access to Majora's Mask. He got a copy. Um so this is probably he got access? Well he he finally found like a copy of it. He had uh uh my parents were not like big on just buying games. Like it had to be like okay like a good special occasion. And he had finally managed to get access to um a copy of of Majora's Mask. This is probably like two thousand four 2005 the game came out in like 99 i know i know <laughs> we'd had ocarina of time for years we just didn't have majora's mask so he had been he had heard about majora's mask he had talked with his friends and, and and stuff about this for like years and he had wanted to play and he had used you know uh, our dial-up internet to like watch videos on the uh, on the internet of it but that was or not watch videos but like just like read extensively about Majora's Mask. But then when he finally got a copy, he was very excited about it. And I I actually have very clear memories of of him being so like what the hell is this tutorial <laughs> in the first town in when you're in the first 3 days when you're just trying to uh like do all the things before you get to uh Skull Kid and um uh knock the ocarina out of his hand and he had read all about it but actually like getting his hands on it was finally like a wow this is insane and uh i felt the exact same way i had watched him play it was like yeah that seems kind of crazy and then you know of course i would try it and still years on i every time i return to the beginning of that game i'm always like what the fuck <laughs> this is just such a complicated you complain about um uh about like dark souls not leading you or telling you what to do um 
or and shit. The beginning of Majora's Mask is uh, an acid trip of a tutorial. That's fair. That is like nothing. Nothing of that tutorial quite makes sense, <laughs> even if you follow the dialogue. Um, mm. You know, and then the, they tell you yeah. to go find the great fairy. They know they tell and then you. Okay. She tells you what you need to do. So you you, you got to go find the stray fairy in West Clock Town. And then you get the magic that allows you to blow bubbles. And then you yes. can pop the balloon, connect with the bombers gang. Like it, it has a flow. I'm not it saying it has it's a flow. Good. It does tell you. It does tell you to do things, kind of in the way that Dark Souls One. They're like. There's two bell towers that you have to ring both bells. One is up in 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 this town up here, and one is down in Blight Town, like farther in the depths with Quelog. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> That's yeah, kind it of you a pretty it's, vague. It's like go here. Oh, cool. Thanks. It's just simpler because it's uh, because it's just one town instead of a all massive. The kids game. Yeah, the kids game. Masochism. The game. Um, but like, it it is an acid trip going through all the little missions. The the uh, uh catching all the kids running around so that they'll give you the passcode and then uh, fuck uh, that like, game. That game sucks. That sucks. Um, uh. Popping the uh, the uh, guy out of the sky, and so that he'll just get pissed off at you and run away, and it'll all have been for nothing. Trying Wait, to what? get trying to get access to all the heart pieces uh, in the town when you're still just a fucking uh, 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 Deku scrub. Yeah, Deku scrub. Who are you um, pop? What balloon? Are you, are you talking about Tingle? Yeah, Tingle. When he's up in the sky, and you're and in the middle of the playground, and in uh, yeah, in you don't town. have to interact with him to get through oh, those first I, three days oh but i want to i always want to yeah. um i love he's I huge love, in japan i hate tingle the character i love bursting his bubble uh, so on. uh uh anyway like it, it's just kind of odd a lot of the things that you do um like Oh yeah, a, you go. There's to, a lot of menial tasks you that, go like, to, you, that mean nothing. Can we talk about the fact that you go to a um, uh, uh, observatory, which is right outside the town? First of all, no uh, observatory right outside the town, where you quickly you just look up and you're like, oh. Look, a, a teardrop is falling from the asteroid, like the, the moon that is falling on us. Uh, oh, and it looks like it landed right outside, and you just walk out, and you're like, oh, yeah. That's where little it is. Little deus ex machina. Yeah, no it's just deal. kind of like, a, oh, cool. Hey, look at that. No, look my favorite part of that scene it's is just... the fact that the uh, the skull kid is, like, slapping his ass and taunting you like a baboon. Yeah. My, That's my favorite part. I the the thing The thing I have to ask... The developers of Majora's Mask is where's oh, okay. my mushrooms? Who took my mushrooms? <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, I um, fuck. I remember when that game dropped. Like my brother and I pre-ordered that game, picked it up on the day it was released, and then got pissed off because it required the Nintendo sixty four expansion pack ooh, for yeah. more RAM. Yep. And so we didn't have that. We had to save more money over the course of like the next month of our allowance to go buy that. So we had the game for like a month and we couldn't play it and we were pissed. That's annoying. 
It was ridiculous. I read the instruction manual like front to back and sideways. So I already knew like all the transformations you were going to get. I, I knew how to control link. I knew how to do things. And then I remember we popped it in the first thing you're chasing the skull kid. And he, uh, you know, I remember like, I remember thinking this is a whole new level of gaming when link is jumping and he does a somersault and I'm like, this is awesome. Yes. Like he's doing cartwheels and like flips in the air. And I'm like, this is so dope. Yeah. So totally changed up the combat and made it like flow way better. Well, like, the combat's all, the same. It, it just, it, the way Link moved, he just right. moved more like a badass. Yeah. It was more anime than it used to be. Like it, the concept was anime, yeah. but Link was always very grounded in reality. And like, like I am a great warrior, but like realistically, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then and so, then the, uh, Breath of the Wild Link is like, huh? <laughs> I have no weapon, but I will defeat you. Yeah, exactly. I will just like oh I will take you on in whatever capacity and then like flings himself around the map a bunch of times. Um, OK, so let's um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Pick one. Uh, just because I've beaten it and uh, I'm going to choose Ocarina of Time, I have never beaten fully Majora's Mask because it's one of those games that like by the time I get to the second um uh temple I'm exhausted <laughs> just a little burnout yeah. just a little burnout at that point so uh, it's one of those games I just need to push through um so I'm gonna choose oh, Ocarina of Time even though Majora's Mask is more my thing like as a the macabre and yeah the dreary the, town the 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 general the the general ayahuasca um feel of it is the general Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, yeah, the the psychedelic Poe. Um, yeah, it's more my thing, but because I've beaten Ocarina of Time th thrice, um, I'm gonna choose that. But that's not my favorite one in the series. We'll get to that. But I wanna I wanna quickly ask: Have you beaten the second temple in Majora's Mask? Uh, uh, no, actually, uh, I, so, I've gotten like partway through it and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that temple snowhead, the temples in Majora's mask are not very inspired. They're pretty boring. Snowhead is annoying. Cause if you fall, you got to climb all the way back up. And then the third temple is just as, is annoying as like the water temple in Ocarina of time where you're changing levels. And like you have to swim down corridors that are one way uh, as you change these levels and change directions of the level pressure. Not very good. The stone temple, the fourth one is kind of fun because you play through the whole dungeon once one way. And then the special item you get are the light arrows, which allow you to invert the whole temple. And then you have to go through it again upside down. So that one's innovative. That one's fun. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be upfront and honest. If you had a hard time getting through Snowhead, it truly drags. It wasn't that I had a hard time. But if you're like getting fatigued, right? Then after that temple, there's a there's a whole mess of like side things you have to do to get to the third temple. Yeah. That is just. Uh, you have to go – you have to invade the pirate fortress without being seen. Mm -hmm. You have to collect um, these Zora eggs from the, the fortress as well as this like grotto. But before you do that, you have to go and get a golden um, uh, seahorse picture or something like that. It's a, it's a lot of little minutia bullshit that's just frustrating. But I will say this. The second boss 
the boss of Snowhead mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite Zelda bosses of all time. Oh yeah, I've, goat. Yeah, the goat. He's I haven't fought him, I, obviously, because I haven't gotten to him. But I've seen, obviously, lots of people fight him because I've seen boss rankings. Oh, I love fighting that guy. Like uh, Majora's Mask did the, was, I think, the first game that allowed you to go and replay bosses. Yeah. After you've beaten them, you can go back to the temple and fight him again. Mm-hmm. And I would fight Go all the time because I just thought that was such a cool boss where you're mm-hmm. playing as the Goron Link and you're just rolling, trying to catch up to him and like jump on top of him and throw your spikes into him. It was more of a race than anything. Oh, it was so dope. So the, anyway. The thing I've always wanted to do with uh, with Majora's Mask is I, I've, I've always wanted to go back and collect all the masks because I'm obsessed with uh, – like ab- actually obsessed with the um, Super Saiyan Link in um, – Oh, Fierce Deity? The Fierce Deity, yeah. Super Saiyan Link um, in, in, yeah. in Majora's Mask where he just You're has like wrong. that really cool sword. Like it was all about yeah, the sword for the, me. It's like the that – helix sword, yeah. It, like it curves up and Double then comes helix. back down but then it doesn't actually meet the hilt. Like that's fucking cool. Yeah, um, I, it's the double helix sword. Oh, it's super dope. Like actually think about what that weapon would do to somebody. Like stab? Oh, no. Yeah, no. Um, I will say this while I was super excited to, so I've been the game once when it first came out and I've gotten close on other playthroughs. Again, I just kind of get fatigued, but I, I, the first time I played the Majora's mask, I had the strategy guide and I did do all the masks Mm -hmm. and got that. And it was honestly my only upset with the game. Because I went into that final battle with, first of all, if you get Lon Lon milk, what are you doing, Coke? I am filling my bowl. Okay. I just see your head down. I'm like, is he snorting something? You would hear the snorting. Yeah, maybe not. I mute the mic all the time. I'm honest. That's fair. I just fart a lot. So that was one of the gripes. So I got to that final battle with the fierce DD link mask and I knew it was coming. So I also did Lon Lon milk, which gives you unlimited mana. And then I put on that mask and proceeded to wreck, destroy, anally rape, just crush Majora in his three stages of the boss. Like, that boss fight was ridiculously easy with unlimited magic and the fierce GD Link mask. It wasn't even a fight. It was I sad. Know, I know that some people <coughs> get upset about stuff like that. I love that shit where like when you actually did all the stuff in the game, you got super powered and then you go to the final fight. If you go to the final fight before you did everything and you're not super powered and you, it like is harder, great. You you had to work a little harder for the ending because you didn't put as much work in at the beginning. I like that that trade off. Per actually, I like that trade off of like oh you put in all this work you get this thing and then you actually just butt fuck this this final boss, and mm. because that's super satisfying to me. That makes me feel like an that that's a proper anime you know thing of like you get there and it's like oh I. Like at, we just full powered, absolutely destroyed, and love. It gives that. me a feeling of anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, literally, all I had to do was hold the Z button and lock onto him and press B. 
and I shot sword beams at him. And it was like, boom, 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 done with that phase. Boom, 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 done with that phase. Boom, 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 done with the game. It was, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. It was just that quick. I, I, it's nice when it's a cakewalk. It's nice when you feel confident and easy, especially like like a Final Fantasy game where it's turn-based if you've done everything and you're just OP. And, mm-hmm. But there's, I don't know, it's just like, give me a little something here. It's like for a 9, 10, 11-year-old, like to be able to beat the game that easily, I just was very disappointed. So Fair. Um, you mentioned earlier your favorite Zelda game. Hit, uh, hit me with that. I want to hear what your favorite one is. So... I don't know if this is going to come as a sh- as a surprise or as like, yeah, that makes. Twilight sense. Princess is three on my list. If that's where you're going, <clears throat> that that is where I'm going. So Twilight Princess was actually the first Zelda game I beat. Um, uh, we'd had Ocarina of Time for a long a uh, long time. It was the first game I played, uh, but I had always had uh, struggled with it, especially once you get to the Shadow Temple. I still do. Mm. Uh, one mm. that that part of the game always still always kind of throws me i hate doing the part going down the well um uh, i just don't like the shadow temple in general having to like use the as you know i'm not a fan of horror games and that that part just spooks me uh not as much anymore it uh, like it just like i still have the memories of being spooked and it's just like i don't like this place um i just hate the re-dead i I wish they freeze you honestly i wish that i could uh, i could just skip it and do the the sand temple instead but and not have uh, uh, yeah the spirit temple and not have to do the the shadow temple at all but uh unfortunately that is not a reality that works um you can do the spirit before the shadow, though. I know you can, and I often will. Um, but I, but I also have a kind of OCD because I always think of the shadow temple as being before the spirit temple. Like I see the spirit temple as being the last thing you do. Um, so I've only done. Uh, I, I, I always want to do that, but then my OCD is like, no, no, no. You must do the shadow temple, and then you have earned the right to go to the spirit temple. Um, but anyway, that's not the point. The point is, I love uh, Twilight Princess. It's the first game that I actually beat. We got it on GameCube because um, we did not have a Wii. And I just simply adored it. It was Ocarina of Time, but with better graphics. And I thought that um, uh, all the temples, while being obviously in the same vein... In the same like theme, like oh, fire, water, forest, shit like that. I loved that they had done something so completely different with like everything. It it was so fucking fantastic. And I saw a lot of people criticizing it as just being another Ocarina of Time. And I heard that, and I was like, that I'm fucking fine with. If it that. ain't broke, don't fix if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And what I loved, what I love, continue to love about Twilight Princess is how many great temples are in that game um like you have obviously your standard forest fire uh water but then instead of uh, just getting like uh 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 you know shadow and spirit you end up getting uh this sand temple uh an ice temple you do the 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 temple of time uh just to get the ma- the master sword um, you do just like three more <laughs> uh, temples than that that I'm I'm not even like uh, I'm blanking on at this moment. I just remember there being like ten or eleven temples in that game. Mm. Um, it's it's more than Ocarina of Time, that's for sure. 
Um, it's I don't know. I do I remember just, a little, you know, yeah, I remember being impressed by like, yeah, you got to go up to the mountain and you got to do the house. Oh, and then like the Shadow temple. Realm stuff. The Shadow Realm stuff was, I loved that. I was a big was fan fun. of that. I liked the uh, doing those sections as a kid. Upon returning, it annoys me because I just want to get done with it and go back. But as a kid, I was really like, ooh, what's going to happen now? Um, obviously, for a first playthrough. Uh, so that's my that's my favorite game. Um, I've only played it once, uh, so I kind of eight ha- temples, eight temples. So yeah, which is this? I mean, depends on if you count the uh, three spiritual stones as temples in Ocarina of Time. I do not. I consider them half dungeons. I consider them practice dungeons. So anyway. Um, I did like the Temple of Time. That was a really fun one. And the Arbiter's Grounds. Because then you get the Spinning Top, which is probably one of the more unique weapons in a Zelda series. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun. So Yeah. Twilight, Twilight Princess ranks three in my my um, my top Zelda games. Uh, only preceded by A Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time, respectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Ocarina of Time, definitely my first. Like, yeah, I'm like you. It was one of my first games that uh i really ever like dived into as a you know as a as a gamer like i remember playing the original zelda back in the day but i couldn't have time is the first game that i really like researched i bought the strat well i borrowed the strategy guide and then i bought it to to learn all the secrets to learn all the little things and you know how do you do this how do you do that so like it was the first game that i really deep dived into and learned as much as i could about in the time i mean this was the late 90s we didn't have the internet so you do what you could okay so don't come at me for being a, a strategy guide nut no um, I'm, I also I'm talking to the like fans strategy not you. guides i also i'm talking to the fans i'm a fan of strategy guides um i like i like collecting them for old games actually uh, when I can find them, uh, I only have a, a few, um, but my favorite one is a copy of Morrowind's. Uh, oh, I think it was a novel. <laughs> it's actually it's much. A fucking... It's a it's a lot smaller uh, than the Obli- Oblivion um, guide, yeah, or the Skyrim one, or the Skyrim one. Spencer, uh, yeah. Spencer, my brother, had a copy of the Oblivion guide, which I obsessed over. Um, mm. as a kid when I didn't get to play the game I would obsess over the book and then once I and then I learned everything about the game and uh, uh, just ended up destroying everything in that world um, I was an absolute menace to society <clears throat> and Still continue are. to be yes thank you uh, so I like strategy guides um, I for some games no Oh, nice. Huh. For the people listening at home, not looking, Corey is holding up a copy of the Shivering Isles map, Sheogorath's Realm, uh, the DLC to Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, Arguably arguably the greatest DLC of any game ever. Mm. you haven't I played bet, it no, so i bet i could argue that it's it, it is it is as i said arguable but i bet if you actually played through the game and, and fully appreciated it and then played through the dlc and like had it in the comparison between uh like that and other other games dlcs you'd be like yes this 
Um, it's insane. I that's that's. I have seen. We're not here I've, to talk uh, Elder Scrolls. We're here to talk Zelda. So we're here we'll, to we'll talk to, Zelda. Yeah, we'll talk Elder Scrolls about that. later because uh, you brought we'll it down up. to that. You brought it up. But uh, <clears throat> okay, so let's let's swap gears. While you know, in the last couple of minutes, you know, I think we can agree Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, are in the top Zelda games. A Link to the Past was really the one that kind of set the formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that all that one always deserves a good credit. If you haven't beaten that one, if you haven't played through that, go hop on your Switch. It's on the Super Nintendo app. Like you'll find so many parallels. Mm-hmm. Talking of time in that one, it really set the template. It's almost identical. Yeah, but it works, and it's just it, it's just a fun game. Even Link uh, Adventure of Link, the second game of the series, the actual sequel to the original, mm-hmm. all the towns are named after the sages from Ocarina of Time. Well, you mean Ocarina of Time named the sages after the towns. Yes. But that... chronologically <laughs> speaking, in the timeline of uh, the Legend of Zelda timeline, the towns are named towns, after, yes. Yeah. So you have Rauru, you have Saria. From that perspective, then yes, that is correct. But... Darunia. Realistically, from... from but from a... From when they released, yes, the Ocarina of Time sages were named after the towns. Right. Uh, so that was that's that's kind of fun. Uh, but let's talk handheld for a minute. So we we started with Link's Awakening, and then you had the Oracle of Seasons and Ages, followed by Minish Cap, and then a Link Between Worlds. Which of these have you played through? And when I say Link's Awakening, I'm talking the OG. Not the remake. Yeah, I've played the remake of that, but I've only played about the first hour of Link's Awakening on the the original. Um, So knowing that it's pretty much a one for one, except the smaller screens. uh, I love that game, but I haven't I need to like play through the original to Mm. actually speak my mind. Uh, The original uh, handheld you Oracle? I played I did not I played Four Swords we had that on on Game Boy Advance and I loved that game for some inexplicable reason I did not have anybody to play it with I just loved the game fair I just enjoyed playing it I I can't cannot explain why um but it was fun uh Minish Cap I've not played but I did play a link between worlds <laughs> Um, had that on uh, my 3DS. two, my yeah, my I, I I had a two DS, but yeah, one of those bulky fucking pieces of shit. Um, but yeah, I I had uh, Link Between Worlds, and I quite enjoyed that one. Uh, and the mechanic of putting yourself onto the wall, like putting yourself into the second dimension, so to speak, um, was a really fun and innovative addition to the series it wasn't my favorite like it wasn't it was a unique idea that was fun in the moment to use terms that that uh uh, are from something that i have no interest in uh it wasn't a home run uh this was that was more of like a uh uh, never mind i don't i don't know anything about baseball what is it when when uh, you hit something that only gets the person to the first base 
Is there a term for that? Like a bunt? I don't know. I don't know baseball. Then why did you bring it up? I don't know. I thought I had this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you didn't know. Somebody could bunt, which a bunt is usually more... You know, it's it's usually when they 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 round up uh, and square themselves in you know in front of the pitch, and then they they anyway. knock the ball to the ground, and it's ninety nine percent of the time used to advance another runner. Sure. Oh, right. No. Okay. That's not. No, that's not what I mean. Anyway, let me just. You talking about a ball, way. like a foul? No. Let me. Let me. I'll just say the 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 Christ. the mechanic wasn't a home run for me. It was more like it just landed on second base. Of like, this is really good, but it could have been better. You know, like the the game could have been better in general. Um, and it could have been. Yeah. It could have been the the environments in which I was playing it. It could have been um, the I did not fully enjoy the um the the uh, 2ds like the blockiness of it you know i much i would have much preferred having a uh, uh close like flip one uh, a proper 3ds instead of just the knockoff kind of for mm-hmm. you know but to be fair i did not like the 3ds um capability so in my mind the 2ds was like a cheaper just better option it was not um it's a whole other can of worms but you know you can control that like so i could go pull up my 3ds right now and make it a 2ds and it's fine oh i know my logic was it's cheaper and i don't even need to have the have the option yeah but anyway i didn't realize oh much smaller screen much worse hardware. Anyway, so, so I going would, back to the game. You know, Link to the that's a sequel to Link is, to the yeah, Past, direct right? direct sequel to Link to the Past. Yeah, I'm aware of yeah. that. So okay. I would actually, if I was to um, replay that game, I would play through both of them in sequence, um, back to back. It's uh, pretty fun. But I'm not going to play a Link Between Worlds until it's brought to the Switch, unfortunately. Yeah, that's probably going to be a long wait. Yeah, probably. Uh, and then there was Phantom Hourglass and uh, Spirit Tracks as well. Did you ever touch on those? No. No, I did not. Uh, the, Good. Yeah. Not a fan. I've mostly, the controls were weird. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say it. I've mostly been a basic bitch when it comes to Zelda. I... I'll, I'll, I haven't even played um, Wind Waker. Oof. Uh, yeah. If that comes to Switch, you should definitely check that one out. As much as the sailing is annoying, it's it really sets a lot. You know, just like a Link to the Past set a lot of precedence on like gameplay flow. Wind Waker set a lot of aesthetic. Mm-hmm choices for zelda games and that even like twilight princess kind of mimics to an extent but wind waker that's a fun one surprisingly a really fun one i you know i was a part of that crowd that saw the tech demo of nintendo and they were showing a realistic link fighting a realistic ganon and it was like this looks amazing and then a year later they were like check out the new zelda game and it's this cell shaded kitty art style and we're just like what the fuck is this right but i remember playing through like oh this is a fun game mm-hmm. it's it's enjoyable it's rich it's it got a great story and it has by far the best ganon of any game mm-hmm. and then you know if i may tie it back 
that is another beef I had with Breath of the Wild was they gave character to every character in the series besides Link, but he's a silent protagonist. That's fine. Oh, that's what Tears like, of the Kingdom is going to be for is is Ganondorf. I can assure you. I'm hoping. I, I, know where I you're going. really fucking hope so. They they set it up with Ganon. Uh, you know what? I was going to say this earlier. You've heard the expression uh, uh, two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. I think that like this Breath of the Wild was a three steps forward, one step back. And, and Tears of the Kingdom is going to be that one step forward again. Is going to be that that they they had a lot of good stuff there, but they were just missing that one x the the thing that they had all along that they kind of just regressed in. You know, it's the, they they moved forward in so much, but they regressed yeah. just a little bit in what they had been doing. They just need to add back what they were doing. Three steps forward, one step back. So I'm I'm hoping step. part of that is giving Ganondorf a voice. And a character motive because Calamity Ganon just being a, a faceless, nameless villain, like even Demise in Skyward Sword, as one dimensional and as he was, mm-hmm. was at least interesting. And before that, we had Girahim or whatever. Uh, no, that was that's a link to the past. Whoever the fucking dude from Skyward Sword is, the, the guy is opposing you. It ends up being the fucking anti Master Sword. Yeah. Um, but like, this Calamity Ganon and Brink Breath of the Wild had no personality, but the Wind Waker, man, Wind Waker's Ganondorf is by far the most compelling and probably one of the more interesting villains in, in just gaming all around. Like, you put together a top 10 list of compelling villains, I would not be shocked to find Wind Waker Ganondorf on there. Because hmm. they actually give him a personality and they give him a reason for who he is and why versus I just want to take over the world. No, it's like you kind of get what he's going for. He's a douchebag, but you get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping tears of the kingdom expands upon that. Cause it, it was like, all right, we've got Zelda. We've got these heroes. We got everybody else has gotten a nice voice and a cutscene and, and, and backstory. But calamity Ganon was just a mindless fucking villain. It was boring. So, if Breath of the Wild was like resetting the series, let's think of it that I think Breath of the Wild is a safe, they safe, I can safely say that they were kind of like not rebooting, but resetting the series. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I think there's the a whole difference. free timeline debacle. Exactly. Yeah. They, I think they, they felt like it was just, it was out of hand at that point. So they were like, okay, they've been crunched together. Let's reset. We've got a new thing going now. I think now we're going that, that first game was, as I've said before, a sequel of honorable, like, uh, 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 sort of recreation some additions some changes but of in in heart a, a, a reboot of the original game you know yeah. so that open world <clears throat> atmosphere for yeah. sure it just and like yeah. go anywhere you want do anything you want uh kind of feel and so i'm thinking what is this next game gonna be what I've only played a little bit of the second game. It's always thrown me for a bit of a loop. 
but I yeah, do know it's not good. I have, I always, I do know that you kind of travel from like node to node on the map, you know, like going to different places to 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 do your fucking 2D adventures or sideways adventures. And I'm just wondering they'll probably skip that bullshit, but I'm wondering if they're going to do kind of like a, a link to the past or Ocarina of Time kind of thing next with this new reset in the series. You know, are they going to take what they've learned from um, Breath of the Wild and then do a story like we've seen in the past, but in this world that we've with the character that we've already been working with? They'll conclude this story and then like from going forward, we're going to see the same kinds of games. But uh, uh, doing like older stories and stuff, the stories they used to do, but with much yeah. more freedom, you know, I wouldn't even uh, uh, doubt them doing kind of like an Ocarina of Time uh, remake that gives you a lot more freedom. I can see that. Yeah. But also, but also they're not ones to like retread themselves. Like a Final Fantasy VII remake, but Ocarina of Time remake, like a full-on... I could definitely see that. That would be dope. That would be really dope. Maybe not to the intensity of like, oh, there's different timelines. Not not to that extent, but just like fully, like, fully wrap up everything that happens. Like, the 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 first three spiritual stones uh, uh, make that, you know, a full fucking thing. Um, make the time travel more like intricate in the way it's yeah. it's it's uh, uh, more reactionary used, but yeah. you, but play with it in the way that the new uh, uh, like like Breath of the Wild and, and Tears of the Kingdom like their direction has been. I think it could yeah. be done. I think it could be done. I think it would be great. It could, it could be, be. Could be good. Could be fun. Very much so. All right. Well, I think we've talked Zelda to death. Yeah. Very good discussion. I always like these. If uh, people want to hear uh, anything more, any more thoughts, Corey, where can those thoughts be heard? I was just seeking me out upon my social medias. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Roxyboy, R-O-K-E-S-Y. B-O-Y. Find all my drunk and sober thoughts. Graham, you're high all the time, so why don't you tell us where we can find all your just regular opinions, because that's all they are for you. Because if all opinions are high, none of your opinions are high. That's... That is honestly a very uh, uh, logical argument, and I cannot fight you on that one. Um, Well, I can... You can uh, find my... Uh, social media at outrageous underscore creation. I don't post much there, but that will lead you to my website, mad-musings.com. There you can find my uh, short stories, my shorter stories with some photographs as well inside there. My my poetry, uh, scenes from plays, and um, uh, some upcoming uh, uh, photography uh, uh, essays as well. So look out for that in the in the coming months, and uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. I've been your high opinions, Graham Stebniewski. 
I have been you're increasingly getting more and more drunk thoughts. Corey. Have a great night, everyone. Cheers, everyone.